This is yours. This is ours. This is mine. All right, so uh, after a quick wardrobe change, I figured I'd check in with, with you guys and, uh, and just let you know that although I've been to the city and have experienced it many times before, it uh, never ceases to really find a way to charm you. So I make my way into the bathroom. I'm like, all right, I got to change. Met up with uh, Liz before I got on the train, so I used up all my time to, uh, to hang out with her, and it was fun. It was a good time. It was nice to see her before my my uh, journey into the city to meet with this sketch group. And uh, okay, so I venture into the bathroom. And I notice a guy. He's got sort of an official-looking jacket on, but he doesn't look very official. I go into the bathroom. Take a good three and a half, four minutes, maybe five minutes to change fully. Get myself situated. Put my big headphones away, get everything tucked away where it needs to be, since I packed a bag. And uh, seeing as to how I took a couple minutes, I uh, came out of the bathroom and saw the same guy at the same stall. And as he turned around, and we made eye contact briefly, he made sure to whip his dick around from over top the stall. So, there's that. Uh, now I am out here at the corner of West 33rd and 8th. I'm going to make my way up 8th Ave to the UCB Training Center and meet up with these guys. So I'll check in again a little bit later, but, uh, but that's, uh, that's the city for you. So as I make my way through the city, uh, up 8th Ave and across West 36th Street, I realize there's a frenetic feel to walking through New York City. Like I said, I've been here before, but never in such a, uh, the, the manner that I, that I am today. As you can hear, there's always things going on, and I'm taking in the various shops that you pass in a slightly different manner today. All sorts of uh, electronic shops with seemingly repossessed or pawned items um, from various disciplines, looking like an old videographer uh, pawned in his stuff maybe for a hit of something or maybe decided to give it up or take a class or needed to pay some bills. I know it's expensive living in the city. Other shops where you can buy different kinds of bags. It's almost like if you had a bomb to blow something up, that's where you'd buy your bag from. You could fit all your needs, whatever size you need. And then, uh, then over here we got a whole wall of what looked like cell phone cases. Various different colors, shapes, you know, sequins, shiny, matte, big, small. It's nuts. I'm pretty much just about a half a block away from the UCB Training Center, so I'm going to... I'm going to go ahead and make my way over there now while I'm talking to you and see if I can see anything from the outside that identifies it as uh, the UCB Training Center. I know there's multiple facilities inside of this one building, but I just want to take a look, see what I'm in for. Gregory's Coffee. 
and I'm not quite sure. Oh, this might not be. I oh, know there's 37th. So I'm pretty sure this is it. 520 8th Ave. Let's see. No hand trucks or dollars. The 8th Ave freight entrance. 8th Ave messenger center. No smoking. Nothing about the UCB, but I'm pretty certain it's here. So I'm going to head inside and check in with you guys again a little later. I'm just trying to uh, just do stuff that's out of my comfort zone. Yeah, so, sure. figured this would be a cool place to start. Um, so, where are you from? I'm from Mama County. Okay. Yeah, so like right around here. All right, fair enough. You gonna be on the train for a little bit or? Yeah, I'm gonna get New York, so. Oh, okay, same here. It's fine. Awesome. So, what do you do? You, you mentioned uh, that you. Yeah, I'm at school for uh, entertainment business cool. stuff. Okay. Yeah, so I act on the side. All right, so you're doing like, uh, like agent? Type stuff or yeah, um, producing, uh, arts management, marketing, agent stuff. All right, cool. Where yeah. are you going to school? Emerson in Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So are you? That's right. Are you here um, for? Is, is, I guess, I'm just home for summer. Oh, okay. So yeah, classes are I'm only really home for like a week though. So. All right. All right. Just trying to take advantage of the city as much as possible. Cool. I hear that. What are you heading in for? Um, I'm meeting my friend for dinner. Cool. Yeah. That sounds good. So what got you into? Um, into acting, was it the business mainly, um, or was it uh, that no, you wanted I just, to act? I just been doing it since I was a kid. Yeah. I, my dad was going to be an actor, and then we decided to be a minister. Uh, okay. And yeah, and so I'm just he like threw me into it like since I was little. And then uh, my boyfriend and I are actually starting um, a web series about acting in New York, which is cool. Um, nice. Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, I haven't graduated yet, so I'm like right. waiting for that to kick in because I'm not in New York right now. But right, right, right. Yeah. Does uh, does Dad bring the his acting chops into the ministry thing? Is it like a yeah. very vocal, very oh, yeah. uh, boisterous, I guess, whatever Absolutely. type thing going on? Um, how long has he been doing that? 25 years. 25 yeah, he's about to retire. Oh, all right. All right. Could made a career out of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what are your uh, what's your web series based on? Oh, well, I guess uh, actors in New York. Yeah, um, just probably embarrassing stories. All right, that's <laughs> about, a good place to start. Yeah, about audi- like auditions and stuff. You guys have a running title or anything for? No, it? not yet. It's no, just like we made it in up. The works. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what did what was um, was it uh, acting? Like you said, you've been doing it as a kid. Was it um, like actors that you saw that? Uh, that got you into wanting to do it, or was it just, like, an activity, I guess, that you were... Like, a lot of kids did sports. I did theater. That was just... It was, like, my little, like, my hobby for a while. And then, like, once I got to high school, it got kind of serious, and I did, like, a lot of stuff outside of school, and then I was, like, in all the shows in school, and then I was the president of the drama club, and now I go to a school that's, like, theater-based. So it just kind of, like... It it never was, like, a conscious choice to be, like, I'm going to do theater. It was just kind of, like, a always right. around me kind of a thing well like sports it's just like you were constantly doing it um what are the classes uh what what are like the disciplines that you're studying in school um well i'm in marketing right now which sucks but um <laughs> i'm trying to switch i'm taking arts management next semester and 
producing. I'm producing The Hobbit at my school. Oh, no way. Yeah, okay. which is cool. And then, yeah, um, I'm on the board of a couple theater companies at my at college, and so we're going to see where that goes. All right. What kind of production are you talking about with, uh, with The Hobbit? It's a TYA, which is Theater for Young Audiences. Uh, is that, like, um, is it... Like, how elaborate is the set and all that? Like, what are you talking? I don't know yet. Oh, you don't know we yet? We haven't. Right. I literally got the job, like, yesterday, so <laughs> well, all right. that's all I know. <laughs> okay, and then I fell out of this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I know I've just been doing uh, doing this podcast since September. Oh, cool. And, um, and it was all based around music at that point, because I live, uh, I live near Asbury Park, so there's just that's cool. tons of musicians awesome. and all that. Then I got into pod- listening to podcasts and just... Uh, you know, I've always had a love for comedy and stuff, so mm-hmm. I just decided to take some improv classes at the UCB. Have you ever? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I went to the one in LA over spring break. Oh okay. Oh nice. Yeah, that was cool. What'd you do over there? I just saw it. I improv show. Oh okay. All yeah. right. Have you done ever done any um, improv classes or anything? Like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like a part of acting, so you have to. Um, I haven't done any like structured improv. I just do a lot of theater games with people that I work with, and I like work with kids a lot, so I do a lot of improv games with them. That's funny because I, uh, my son has uh, asked about, like Asperger's. He's kind of on the spectrum, and having read the book, and then doing the classes, I'm in I'm, like my fourth week or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I always think I keep thinking to myself, I'm like, man, they should do this for which they do. They have like teen programs mm-hmm. and stuff, but it'd probably be amazing for uh, kids like that because it just, I mean, it helps regular people to oh yeah just kind of conjure things from definitely uh, from it's the a air. creative outlet yeah, yeah it's cool what kind of theater games are you talking about uh like bus stop and um well there's like movement games like wah and uh um zip zap zap and then nice. like bus stop is like the main one <laughs> that that like kids love because it's just you try to make somebody uncomfortable and make them leave and so kids <laughs> love doing that uh, yeah I when I remember when I was younger uh, my acting teacher we were playing it and my acting teacher just walked up to one of the kids in my class and just started like sniffing him just like <laughs> all over it was cool that works yeah it does I actually heard because uh, we have to go to a couple shows uh, in order to um, move on to the next class or whatever mm-hmm. as part of the prereq somebody went to a show an improv show where uh, they had one actor who had like memorized a few lines from I guess a play or a movie or whatever and then the other person was an improv oh uh, cool uh, do you have any experience with that? no we sometimes we do this thing where it's like you have a hat and then you pick like a sentence out of a hat and so you're in an improv scene and then like whenever an actor feels like it they'll pull the sentence out of the hat and it could be anything it's like whatever somebody feels like writing down and then they have to base the scene around whatever the sentence says. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. You don't know the name to that, though? No, I don't. That's just kind of, like, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Well, yeah. So how's school going? It's good. Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, like, I'm done for the summer, so <laughs> it's good as of when I left school. All right. So it'll be good when I go back to school in September. How much longer do you have? Uh, two years. I'm a sophomore. All right, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess that's cool. about... That's, that's good. It's yeah. a good wrap. Thank you I, so much. I got my, uh, got my, my head flowing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's hard to walk up to people. Yeah, yeah that's my friends canvassing in the city, and it's just like impossible. So I appreciate right. that. Right, right, yeah, no cool. problem. Well, it was, um, nice to meet you. It was nice meeting you, yeah. Susie. I'm Jay again. Absolutely, Jay.
so it's uh, day two in the city now. It'll actually be my first day of Improv 101. My first day in the city was uh, to come out here and visit with the Solid Footing sketch group, which went extremely well, as you may have already heard. I'm trying to do something of uh, an episodic with my adventures into the big city, country bumpkin, into the big city, studying uh, improv comedy and sketch thing. My first day, what I meant to do, which I pretty much ended up doing without veering too far from my initial idea was uh, what I intend to do is to venture a little further out into the city or into situations uh, that are related to my reason for being out here and see where I can get, see what I can make uh, develop. So I took a bit of a right turn. I got here about a half an hour early for my class, I'm literally right around the corner. Got about 20 minutes to kill, so figured I would just check in with you guys and uh, get some of these ideas out on, on the tape so that uh, I can look back on it, reflect on it, and then see where I can take us. I think it'll be cool in the end. Let me know what you think. Shoot me an email, comment on the uh, on my Minds page or, uh, or at iTunes or Stitcher. Wherever it is that you're sucking this from. So I'm going to cross the street, make my way back towards my training center, and uh, see what the rest of the day has to bring me. Actually, today's my first class of improv, and uh, what I found out through an email recently in regards to the Del Close Marathon coming up in June is that also. This afternoon, after my class, is a diversity jam improv show at the UCB Theater, at the Chelsea Theater, that I'll be frequenting over the next next eight weeks or so. Uh, And I think I may just jump into it and take my first day's class worth of knowledge and uh, the improv manual that I finished cover to cover and see what I could do. Just... Grab it by the horns and, uh, and jump right in. You know what I mean? I think that'd probably be the best approach if you ask me. So I'll let you know how that goes, where my thinking is uh, when I finish this class up today. I'm anticipating asking somebody the question of what they think that was a good idea. And whether or not they say yes or no, I'm just going to take it from there. So I'll check in with you guys later. Checking in again, uh, got out of class and I was making my way over to a park that I found that was close to the UCB Chelsea Theater uh, and realized that, uh, that the Diversity Jam was in fact at the other UCB Theater, uh, UCB Theater East. So uh, I ventured and took the 23th Street subway to 2nd Avenue on the uh, Four train, which is interesting. It's easy to do, but uh, just something further than the stretch of my experience. So I figured I'd try it. And it was successful, got off on the right stop. I mean, having GPS is pretty useful, so I 
can't uh, take all the credit. I'm actually making my way down Avenue A now, off of East Houston. And I should be seeing the theater anytime soon now. So I figured I'd just check in, let you know exactly what happened, why I'm where I am now, why I'm not where I said I was going to be. And uh, I'm only going to be half an hour late. Not too bad. Let's see if I can still get my name in the basket. Either way, I will get credit for a show scene of the two that I need to see during my the duration of my enrollment. Uh, and then I'll check back in later. Maybe I'll check in when I'm in the theater. We'll see how I'm, how I'm feeling in the moment. And uh, hopefully I get up on the stage. Not really looking forward to it after how the class went. It was a little nerve-wracking, like I said before. But pushing myself out of my comfort zone seems to be the theme I'm going to ride out through the saga of my Improv 101 class. Alright, so I'll check in again later. I should be close to the theater now, uh, so I'm going to check my GPS. So it's my uh, fourth check-in right now. Just got done with the diversity jam, put my name in the bucket, got up on stage. They do, uh, I guess, by 10-minute increments. Um, uh, they form a group made up of four or five of the members, the group leaders, and then two other volunteers who put their names in the bucket, I guess range in all different uh, uh, skill levels, seeing as to how I'm a beginner, and I was in there, and I was called up there, just like everybody else that put their names in the bucket. And just as the girl said before that particular uh, jam, since I had just walked in halfway between the first one, uh, they take care of you. You know, they set everything up. They kind of pull you in and pull you out as the scene progresses, however well or or bad the scene's going. I was part of a couple, and, uh, you know, it's like grinding gears a bit, but all part of the, all part of getting to know a craft, right? That's all that matters to me is that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone to uh, to take on this class and then uh, pushed myself out of my comfort zone on the first day of class to go and participate in that activity so uh, I'm gonna wrap this up now I'm on my way back to Penn Station and hop back on the subway figure that out again I said it's nice having GPS always helps and I'm taking in more of uh, more of the city than the first day, which was, which was my plan. You know, kind of venture out a little bit further, in uh, another direction. Every time I'm out here, make the most of my $16 trip into the city. I was lucky enough yesterday to not have my return trip ticket taken by the conductor, so my return trip home today is already paid for. Got the ticket on me. It's a bit of a bonus, and uh, be smooth sailing all the way home on a Sunday. Beautiful day. Couldn't have asked for better weather. All right. Jay Hernandez signing off. That whole meeting up with the writers and... Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's funny because uh, you say uh, 
you had an early interest in radio, mm-hmm. and me, like, <clears throat> I've been more lost, like, my entire life than anything, but my dad and I used to walk, listen to uh, The Grease Man on 92.3 when that was, yeah, back back in the day, so that was when it was oldies, you know what I mean? So, like, he did sort of voices, he would go into those um, retrospective, like, Vietnam stories and put a little twist on it, he had those, um... Those unwinnable game shows where it was like, guess what, you know, what's the midnight surprise? It's like, oh, when you go to the toilet, right, 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 like, right, you, know, right. you know what I mean? Like that. Well, like, guess this noise, and it'll be like the most mundane, crazy, it's like, you know, I can't decide right, what it right. is. Or it'll be a woodpecker, and he's like, no, a 12-year-old, when he discovers his dad's <laughs> porno magazine, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. you know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like hilarious. No, it's the son of your father knocking on your door, catching you yesterday. <laughs> exactly, oh, exactly. Was a woodpecker, but all right. And then when I went to Brookdale... Uh, Hi, how are college. you? Good Hello. Um, are you ready to order you? Uh, a minute, but can I actually have a coffee to start, please? Uh, just water, please. Okay, no problem. And water. Coffee and water, thank you. Um, and I took a Radio 101 class and a writing class and oh, a communication took- class. Cool. Yeah, but it was like all like ground level, okay, prereq. Okay. But that kind of stuff shifts you, you know what I mean? But I've always been a writer. I've always loved the radio. I used to, back in the day, I used to plug my headphones into the, the microphone of my stereo and record over, you know, mm-hmm. tapes. Like, I would get two tapes going and, like, try to put my voice over, like, yes. Rage Against the Machine and yeah. stuff like that. So I've always had, you know, and then being a musician, going to the recording studio, it's like, oh, that's gear. And then I had radio, communication, you know what I mean? So, like, all these little bits and pieces in the last year sort of finally came together. No problem. Yeah, I'm going to need a minute. Thank you. Um, I, uh, what I used to do was, we used to have a, um, Panasonic boombox, so it had small one carry, you know, take it to the beach, and it had two, uh, the front was two cassette tapes. Right. So you'd have one on the left, usually with the record button, yep. and the one just with the play button. And the high-speed dub. And the high-speed dub. <laughs> what I used to do was, I used to uh, connect my microphone to the headphone jack, and get like these TDK 60-minute tapes, and I would just record myself doing my own little one-man radio show. And so when I was listening to your podcast, yeah. I was like, fuck, this is like, first of all, like, the, the format of your podcast is awesome. But then, like, listening to it, I was like, this is literally reminding me of when I was younger. And I would just, like, just blab onto it. Right. Just so I could hear myself back and sort of, like, just take it in. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that got me into talk radio. And so growing up, I was always about AM, political radio. Not because I was necessarily choosing, you know, a side. You just wanted to hear I just the, wanted to hear the pacing yeah. and the back and forth. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, I, just wanted, I just wanted to see if I could sort of catch, like, a formula to how these guys would broadcast. Right. And then in 2001, so we're talking years after my obsession with radio, um, I discovered Howard Stern. Uh-huh. And, then, and the thing about him, it's like, you know, he, he's someone who I understand splits people in half. It's like, you either love him, you hate him, you right. get him, you don't. But the thing about him is that, as a, as a listener, I've learned how radio works. Because he will talk about the technical aspects of radio. Right, right. Um, and he won't do it in... It, he'll do it in a very organic way. Are uh, you ready, or...? Yeah. What can I get for you? Uh, go ahead. I'll have a tuna salad wrap, please. And for you? I am going to have uh, just regular burger. 
Okay. Medium rare. Can I have the deluxe actually with fries? Okay. And no cheese or anything on it? That'll be with the fries and coleslaw? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So, you're saying that you're lost. You lost how? I just never, like, I literally still don't have, like, a thing. Like, uh, sure. I really want to do fill in the blank. You know, it went from, <clears throat> it went from quite literally being the singer in a band okay. to playing guitar to wanting to play guitar and be a singer, like, singer-songwriter. All the while... Uh, getting familiar with uh, musical equipment and recording equipment and gear. Uh, not so much gear, but recording. Just really the, the process of it. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, oh, maybe I'll be a producer and I'll write my own songs and record myself. So all the while I've been sort of tinkering just here and there wherever I can find some time. Uh, and then March 2015, I decided to go sober. Um, looking for self-help stuff, I found uh, podcasts, which aren't new by any means, but they're sort of in a, like, this is like their moment, so my buddy turned me on to a couple. Which ones did you listen to? WTF, I started sure. on, there was other, like, uh, self-help ones, um, like, power, something, power and light, uh, just, you know, like, really hokey, cliche stuff. No, man, I, I, my girlfriend's into that, and I don't mean that, like, in a, a pejorative, like, I, right. I, I totally, I'm open with that. Sometimes you need that cliche straightforward like no one day at a time like you know to really just clear things up for you absolutely man so I mean I so I got super into WTF okay listened to like 50, 75, 100 episodes and immediately I was like I had listened to so many in such a small amount of time I was like listening to it and reverse engineering how I thought he went about doing it Three months yes. later, I'm just like, I, I can do this. Uh, I got that vibe off of your podcast. And that's, you know, the other thing is, like, a couple of friends of mine mentioned, like, oh, you, like, a couple things that you probably want to edit out and this right. and that. But at the same time, I like leaving a little dirt on it so that people like me can be like, whoa, wait, like, oh, that was, oh, he didn't cut that. That was like a, an yeah. edit right See, there. See, that was, that was what I was sort of saying to you last time when I was recording a podcast I, I came up with this idea with a friend of mine who I'd known for like 20 years we don't speak anymore but whatever so I told him I was like listen he's not he's not pop culturally inclined uh-huh. he's my age right. but for some reason he is like 75 years old right in soul and spirit and it's like <laughs> you know it's like and for me it's like we grew up together we should sort of be in the same level but yeah, yeah, yeah. Just things were going over his head. But I, I decided to delve into this because I thought I caught him at a moment where he wanted to sort of be progressive with technology and, like, the fact that it's 2016. So I was like, all right, let me take you on this ride. And this is what's going on. And he was always a fun guy to speak to and talk to. So I was like, I want to do a podcast. I explained to him the whole situation. And he just got so technical on me. And he became obsessed with how to record a podcast mm-hmm. as opposed to what to say in a podcast. And I told him the same thing. I was like, why don't we leave all these gaps in, all these like sort of hiccups and like yeah. weird sounds and, and the fact that we're messing with the chords and like, you know, we're not right. We're not old at this. We're new at this. Right. So I wanted so my thing was like I clearly you had to practice to get to the format that you have now. Right. He and I never had a chance to find that format because he was always like, no, we have to stop. 
this doesn't sound good, right. or let's repeat what you said because that didn't come out clear, or I, I wasn't, you know, you couldn't hear me properly, and I'm like, that's not the point. Right. I have heard professional podcasts always preface their bad sounding episodes with just that. Exactly. You know? It's a growing experience. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm talking about shows at this point have a budget, and they'll mm-hmm. still say, uh, this wasn't working today, but right. blah, 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 blah. And I'll still listen this through This is the third time I'm doing this intro because it got exactly. fucked up the first two And times. for me, it's like, as a listener, it's like, that's that's okay with me. It's like, as, as, if I'm riding the wave of your podcast, I'll, I'll listen to it. That's a bit, I mean, it's a piece of why I'm already here. It's right. a piece exactly. of you. And like, I, I listened to your podcast, uh, you were speaking to a girl at a poetry slam, mm-hmm. and her sound was weird. And I yes. was like, but you know what? Yeah. At least you said something. I like, see it's it's fine to say that to your audience. The cut and, in, was yeah. <laughs> and it, it, I was like, I was waiting for it. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This is cool though. It's like because it just feels fucking real, right? And he was coming from this angle, like he wanted to do a website. He wanted to do bios, and I'm like, we haven't even recorded an entire show. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not, and so we just kept bumping heads. Yeah, he and strangled was, it with um, he with all the technical. He yeah, did. and yeah, he yeah. just wasn't. He just he. Plus, he doesn't even know the world of podcasting, so right. it was hard to sort of... And there's so much now to show people. It's like, how do you even start? Exactly. You, you know drown I mean? in all the formats and the lack of formats. You know, Because some people do no format beautifully, and it's almost like that's their format is no format. Yes. And yes, but I feel like people who do that, who have no format, have been doing that from the beginning. Because if you do no format now, no one's going to listen no to way. you. So you something. need to know what you're saying, what your message is. Throw in anything you want in the middle, but always have your beginning, middle, and end. Yep. Know what your your narrative is, your podcast. And again, it's like with him, I just found like um, he was too too anal about things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just like, you gotta let it breathe. You know, nobody expects you to be, uh, you know, apologizing for funky sound or letting hiccups and things go like two, three, four years in. But it's like right. for those that go back for that, like I'm sure you've done with other podcasts. Like, let me see what the first episode sounds yeah. like. This is so oh yeah professional and so yes. intimidating and like let me see what you know. And then you're like Mark Maron's first episode. It's a train wreck. But I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. But it's like still you, you get through it. It's right. not like terrible or inaudible. And you're like okay, all right. Yeah. So he was yeah. messing with. He was also messing with a lot of things. Yeah. You know. And that's the thing. That's why. That's why I, I felt like. Like, you know, I felt for a while like nobody understood what I was trying to go for. Right. You know, and that whole thing when you feel alone, you feel like, oh, nobody gets me, and then you sulk like you're fucking 15 again. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. it does happen. It's like, you know, because one of the things that I, I, and everyone goes through this, of course, because my, my girlfriend is a photographer, mm-hmm. so she shoots uh, models. Okay. She does plus-size models. And we're talking beautiful girls. They're just big, you know, yeah. but they're beautiful girls. The thing is that they're young. So when we hang out with them, it's a constant reminder of how much older we are. And so it's like every conversation is like 85% of it is like, oh, you don't even know what's going to happen when you get old. Or, you know what I'm saying? But so it's like so it's like I'm growing and I'm like, oh, my God, you do revert back to being 15 sometimes, yeah, 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could be and it's like that whole idea of like you could be in a room full of people, you know, but still feel alone. Right. Because I would try to make that connection with friends and family like this is what I'm going for right. but they're like well where are my people where am I right yeah. and, but the thing for them was like well you're in your 30s now so shouldn't you have been reaching for this you know 15 years ago and I'm like right. well 
now you're making me feel bad because <laughs> it's like it's like I'm finally doing something and you're like well you should have been doing it 15 years ago and yeah. I'm like well how am I going to win right right. you go back to being 15 and you sulk I'm like yeah. nobody wants me to succeed and this. so it's like you know it's a tough trip but you know it's it all that but like being our age and going through that you use what you've learned in the last 10-15 years and like oh okay I'm not a piece of shit like I feel like a piece of shit and that's real and everything but like let me get through this like an adult and then look back at it and then like you know you're impressed you're like oh shit you know I did that and then like you know a couple weeks later a few months I've, I've just started listening to older episodes and I'm like oh man like this isn't as bad as I remember it being some of them were rushed and because I was on a schedule right? and now I'm like fuck the schedule I'll get it becomes my job one day it becomes my job but right now life is in the way so let me just get episodes out right. and I'm happy with them you know so do you do them weekly or because if it sounded to me like you were trying to figure out I guess because there were older episodes mm-hmm. that I was listening to you were trying to figure out when to do them right like it seemed like there was a point where you maybe had taken a break for a while yep and then you came back to them so when do you usually I started out I wanted to do them once a week okay thank you burger anything else thank you very much enjoy thanks um I started off it took me about two months to gather about ten interviews because I know I wanted to be interviewed because I like the intimacy with people So then I got some advice from some uh, audio book about, you know, release. Mm-hmm. It's like you want to release more than one episode so that if people like the first episode, they go on to the next one. If they don't like it, but they like something, they'll go check out the other one. So I did three. First, my first day, I launched three episodes. It took me a couple weeks to work on them, edit them out. Uh, and then that was supposed to buy me a few weeks because I was going to say, okay, I released three episodes. So my next episode won't have to release until another month. That'll give me more time. My hits went so well that I just decided to keep going weekly. So I put myself on the guy. I lost three episodes immediately and then started going weekly on week four or week two. Okay. Okay. So I kind of put myself immediately under the gun. Right. I'm like, great, you know. And then Mark Marin does twice a week. So. Oh, he does twice a week. See, because with him, I bank my episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Because I have, I have, like, about 15 that are on automatic download, and then I have others that I sort of revisit here and there. Right. And with him, it's like, when I get on my sort of Mark Maron kick, it just has to be all Mark Maron. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I, can't, I can't interrupt it with anybody else. Story I'm constantly line. banking all of his, all of his shows. Story, it's such a good storyline. He really knows how to do that. He, he was, I became a fan of him because, you know, Mark Maron was a, was a comic I knew of for a long, long time. Um, but nothing about him sold me until his podcast. And when I heard the podcast, I was like, fuck, this guy is so fucking relatable on so many levels. I can't, I can't ignore him anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just too fucking good. I turned my girlfriend on to him, and she had never even heard a podcast. That was one of the first podcasts I told her about. I was like, you have to listen to this guy. I think you'll like what he has to say. Right. And now she's all about podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nuts. And then to be hearing that kind of stuff from him, who is he's in recovery. Right, 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 right. When I was sober, it was just like, oh my god, I'm relating with this guy on so many levels. I have all this energy, and like, you know, lots was going on. Um, so that was, you know, that was the start of it. It, it just. So you're, you going into comedy, this is, 
Is this something that you always wanted to do, or, or is it something that sort of is more recent and you just decided, let me just go for it? The comedy thing, me, me taking it on, is definitely recent. Okay. But, I, you know, I've always loved, you know, comedy specials. I mean, who doesn't? But yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, certain comics that I remember their specials from when I was younger. And they really stuck out. Eddie Izzard's Dressed to Kill. John Leguizamo, across the board. Um, Richard Pryor is amazing. Sure, of course, yeah. Um, you know, and then, like, I, similar to your buddy, I've never really been plugged into pop culture. But whenever, it, it, you know, whenever I'd have, like, a free HBO or a free this or, like, access to so, so-and-so channel, I would check it out and, like, Know what, you know, just feel the waves, you know what I mean? Yes. Feel like what's coming out of there, whereas some people might be a little more jaded because they're like, oh, I see this every day, whatever. Right. Oh, that's the, yeah, right, right. For me, it always like pinged, you know, comedy. And then uh, having been a musician and like really wanting to make music and finding out, you know, how I've had a hard time trying to get people together to do it, all of these aspects of these things started to come, become clear that I could do this all on my own. You right. know, you kind of need other people to like ping pong things off of, but like it's a very centric journey. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it that's is. really what, what pushed me into it. And then I was like, you know, this sounds easy. You try out a couple things and you're like, wow, this is really hard. And I'm like, I'm up for the challenge. That's um, one of the things that I was expecting, which was getting into comedy or hopefully getting into comedy. I was expecting it to be more difficult than I assumed because I figured, you know, if there's an institution for comedy, if there's a if there's guidelines you have to follow, it can't be as simple as just being funny. You have to know what you have to do, right? So that was the biggest trepidation I had for a majority of my life. I was right. like, all right, so I know I want to do something in comedy, but if I get into it and I start learning how hard it is, am I going to be sort of disconnected from it? Am I going to be over it? So this whole thing that we're doing now literally the scariest thing I've ever done I think this was probably the best move for the two of us especially because we have the desire mm -hmm. but we're naturally writers mm -hmm. because we're like more introverted and this is just totally like up oh, go you pushed out naked onto the stage like that's exactly. perform yeah. asshole yeah you know and you're like uh. that's why I'm doing it man it's like I it's a love hate the improv right now because in my mind I'm seeing all this talent around us and I swear to you, I spend more time imagining a world in which I'm writing a sketch for certain people in our class mm -hmm. than I am 110% involved. Because it's like, I, but, you know, and, and I know that's sort of a mistake because I should be in the moment. But that's where I, that's my natural inclination is to write. It's to sort of like see who can do what and then work around their talents. You know, and it's, for me, it's like, okay, I'm doing improv. Because I want that sort of to be a thing that I did, that I accomplished, that I conquered. Whether I do it triumphantly or not, it's like I can always say that I did improv and I, and I know how scary it is. Right. You know, because also another thing, it's like, I think that being a writer or wanting to be one, it helps that you know what a performer has to go through. Because I think the most important thing when you're a writer is to know how to communicate with the person who you're expecting your words to come out of their mouths. Right. You know what I mean? Relating to your characters, yeah. So it's like you have to know who this person is on some level. So like if you're writing for someone who you've never met before but you know that they've done improv, right then and there it's like, okay, so I know where I can maybe 
modify certain things for you because you're an improv and you come from that background. Right. Or, or maybe if they suggest to you, I don't want to say what you wrote, but I think this works. Right. And you have that history of improv. It's easier to sort of take a hit when somebody says that doesn't work. But I think this might, because you're like, you know what? I respect you. Right. You've done improv. You know what you're talking about. Cool. You, you know I, mean? I feel like I, I invented this character, but you embody it so well that you know your character. Yeah. You know the character better right. than. But you know what? Take take it. Yeah. Do whatever you want with it. You get what I'm saying. I completely get what you're saying. Take my character. You, know? you also have to know what it's like to be in the crossfire. You know what I mean? You're just pushing people out there, like, oh, yep, yeah, act mm-hmm. what I did, what I said. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, first off, I wouldn't do this. This character wouldn't do this. Right. Or, like, they'd be tougher, or, like, they'd be yeah. paralyzed with fear. Exactly. Exactly, and I feel like that communication could always happen easier if you and that person have a similar background. Mm-hmm. So I figured, well, comedy is, I feel like, the best type of comedy um, is more organic than it is following the script. I feel like the, the, the more loosey-goosey comedies that we see, like film-wise or TV-wise, it's always a bunch of people who play off of each other as opposed to sticking to a script. Like, mm-hmm. per se, like... I believe that, you know, you should always have, like, a guideline to what you want to do. Again, beginning, middle, and end, do what you have to do, but I feel like playing off of each other is sort of... You can see that on screen sometimes when you watch a certain movie. You can, you can, you can feel like certain lines sound organic, you know what I mean? And that, like that right, was improv. Right, that like was a that, mo- yeah, that, was a that, was, that was the thing. And so I feel like, again, it's like it's never, it's never just a final product. It's how people got to that point. Right. And it's like, you know, you're, being a writer, it's like, yeah, you have to learn to be open to the fact that people from comedy especially are always going to think that they're funnier than what you wrote. End of story. doesn't even matter if they think what you wrote is the funniest thing in the world. Right. They're going to change it somehow. And Part of what's to, making them laugh is them imagining themselves yeah, exactly. do it better. Exactly. Or, because for me, it's like the best... Well, I mean, I always feel like the best type of writer is the kind of writer that literally disappears into the background. You write what you have to write, you give it to a performer who you believe can play your character, who has the voice of your character, or at least you give it a- across to somebody who you trust as a performer. Uh-huh. And you're just like, here. Because my dream job, of course, would be write comedy, but not necessarily be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have the attention. I just, I really, I like, I want to hear my words coming out of somebody else. Even if, again, they're modified a bit. Mm-hmm. I want the idea to be out there with someone who has crazy talent. So I get I get lost in class because I'm like, fuck, she's so fucking funny. She's so fucking funny. And then I'm just like thinking... Or the of, scene's going, and in your head you're like, oh, you should say this, oh, you should say that. Oh, like, and sometimes they find it, which is great when you're thinking it, mm-hmm. and they find it on the... Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes, totally, totally, totally. So yeah, like I find myself like rooting for people, and I'm like, oh my god, you're in, you're in this class too. I know. You got to focus on your own shit. <laughs> and then I fucking freeze, and I'm like, what the fuck? And of course, with me, it's like it's always after the fact. I should have said this, I should have done that. That would have been funny, but same here, same here. Yeah, I'm sure we're all kind of going through it. <laughs> and then like, it's 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 interesting though because like I. Like, it's natural to feel jealous of people who you just know are, like, really fucking great. Mm-hmm. Every time I see somebody in class, be quick, I'm always like, that's awesome. Like, I don't feel like... Because, again, it's not the world I want to be in. Right. I don't want to be in... I want to do writing. I think once I get to writing, different story. I might be more sort of competitive right. with the right. writers. Yeah, see? So right, right now, now you're taking in your... Um, the, the stance you want to take of, like, being a l- couple steps behind 
the, the front, we're actually embodying that while witnessing, but also participating in yeah. improv. I think for me, it's like I want to do it the other way around. I want to be out in front in the beginning now, get all that shit out of my system, and then just find a spot where I can just write my stuff and give it to somebody and they do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Give me credit for it, and that's it. What I want to do. I think mean, some of the more intriguing stories I hear are ones where somebody may option something out, and then like it's not always said, but you know that through the process of getting it to film, it's not what it started out as. Never. But your <laughs> idea, yes, still put that whole thing into play. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, uh, I learned a little trick watching movies. It's like if you can always find out if the credit says story by someone and then written by other mm-hmm. people I guarantee you the original screenplay writer was the guy who gets story by right he gets the story by because it's been transformed so many times yes and then the written by credit right. is How always is awesome yeah. thank you that they're just like you know what we've changed your script so much we're still going to give you story but it rewrote it you know like I'm, I'm even okay with that in the beginning right right well that's I mean that's sort of the process because even even some people like, um, you know, Stephen King. That, that he's a good example because he he is the he story by, you know, based on a true story, or whatever. But then you you know the writers actually took the narrative of that mm-hmm. and created dialogue, made um, you know sets for everything, locations and all that for the scenes to live in. You know, so they get you know they do get credit. You know what I mean? So it's like. And just like all these interviews that I listen to and conversations, like UCB conversations and, you know, all these famous actors, like you get so much of that world that you kind of put everything into like a tier system. Yeah. But then you realize that even that tier system is kind of complete bullshit. It's almost like an honor system yes. where it's like the show writer, it's like, oh, we're all just writers, but I'm, yeah. the, I'm the show runner because I'm in charge. It's like you They're, have to wear the hat. We're all doing the right. same job, but I started this, so blah, 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 and then, like, and the producer can also be a writer, but he's yes. the guy that has to make sure everything's going. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's like, you see the whole tier system, and you're like, it's all just smoke and mirrors. Yeah, but it's all labels. It's all labels. It's in it's, place to just keep yeah. things going. It's like, okay, I understand, maybe because, you know, you're in the guild or something, and mm-hmm. you have to get this writing credit, but it's like, we all wrote this, we all did right. this together, but we understand that maybe one or two people are the only ones that are going to get credit right, officially. Right. Yeah. And the other ones, and like, you know, if you stay in it, even if you get zero credit for something, they know who you are. You right. know what I mean? The people above you know who you are, they know why you're there. And as soon as an opportunity comes, or like maybe maybe you're just not doing enough as far as initiative and all that, and then you do one thing one day, and they're like, "Why don't you come into the room? You know, come into the room." I like that thing you did. Yeah. Just keep talking about it. Then yeah. it's like you know, two months later, you see your name on the paper, and you're like, "Holy shit, this is happening!" You know? Yeah. That's see, that's going back to what I just said. That's why I feel like I'm going to be more competitive in writing mm-hmm. because it's like since that's what I want to go for. And we're going to have to probably perform whatever sketches we write in front of people in, in the class. So it's right. like, that's really when my emotions are going to be just toxic. They're going to be all over the place. But I'm going to feel the pressure of trying to be funny. But okay. you'll be in your zone because not only do you know the sketch world or are more comfortable with it, but the groundwork will be set. You're not pulling things out of thin air. So that's you true. will be able to be yourself. You know, know the character, know what's going to happen to him, know the beats. Yeah. Even if you're finding the beats, 
See, I was excited for uh, class today because I was like, oh, okay, because I read the chapter. I was like, oh, we're doing characters. That's cool. Always fun with that. Mm -hmm. See what people can sort of pull out, you know. And it's like, it's still, it's, I still froze up. I still didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I got the flow of it in some, you know, exercises that we were doing. But it just, again, it was a constant reminder. It was like, I, I really should be fleshing out a character. Like, I feel like, now that we're doing characters in class, I'm going to have to focus on fleshing out characters between now and then. And just sort of doing the thing where you, like, maybe just do a, a weird physical movement or a voice. <clears throat> But it's like, I need to like write little bios now because now it's like, now that we're in those waters mm -hmm. where we can literally be as broad as we're allowed to, it's like, okay, well, maybe that's what I have to focus on now because I was so excited about today and then, of course, I beat myself up after class. You did well, though. You did well. I'll have to say, okay. I'll, I'll tell you this. Number one, just what you said, worry about developing the character mm -hmm. and owning that and like mm -hmm. you said, like, ride it hard. If you do that, the lines are going to come because you will, every time, you know, I was playing a nervous character and I felt nervous, I'm just like, oh, like, you know, like instantly, like your subconscious is telling you because you're trying to, you know, hold on to this nervous emotion or feeling, whatever. The other thing I want to tell you is what I learned between the first two weeks. Don't be afraid to take a pause and like give yourself a breath and like just digest what was said. Not only don't be afraid of it, but actually try try to do that next week. Just pause. Okay. Whenever someone says anything, just pause, stare at them, because that little bit of air, your mind does amazing things in split seconds. And it's just gonna be like this, a little bit of that, and now like now character, boom, all of a sudden those pieces come together. And you say something, all of a sudden you hear laugh, but you're like, yeah. it's like in another room. Okay. You're like you're, you're so into the... Yeah, yeah your yeah. mind just, it's, it's, like a, it's like a bicycle, you know? Like, people yeah. could be talking to you while you're riding a bike, but you're just hearing... <laughs> right, 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 right. You know? So it just, it's all about, it's all about knowing how to be behind the spotlight, you know? Uh, in, or in the spotlight. Because, you know, I've been, I've done, op I've done open mics on music, I've played live shows, I've always been the, the lead, the singer, so it's like... I had that experience yeah. where I know how to be out on stage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. make funny jokes. I also know how to, because it's, it's like, <clears throat> excuse me, holding a muscle when you're on stage and you're like, I don't want to say anything in between these two songs, but it might be like a minute and a half before the next song. And okay. that's a long time. But if you yes, yes, it is. Right, right, right. How to hold that muscle for literally 90 seconds. And then just start the next song, and nobody, you haven't addressed anyone, never looked at anybody. Maybe you did look at them, but you're just like, nope, like mystery, you know? Creating that little bit of mystery. You know, uh, Sydney, for instance, I met Sydney, uh, Sierra. Yes. She is great with, with pauses and just taking her time. She is awesome. And it's just hilarious it's because so it's funny. like this one person just said something completely absurd, and all she does is like. Yes. You know? And, and then that's funny. Because you're sort of like hanging on every word, or no, no words, you're right. hanging on no words, and you're like, what do you mean? But you need an answer, so as an audience, you're like, there's tension being built, and she's not acting all that. I mean, she is, but like, she's also waiting, her brain is like... Yeah, she's sort of trying to... And then it's like, oh, there you go. And she's like so spot on with that, but if you look at her ratio of pause time to um, to accuracy of what she's saying to, 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 to give like comedy and like just like a good answer back it's like the longer she waits the better it's true you know it's what true. I mean? so it's true it's but like, I feel like I feel like it, I mean she's done it she 
I feel like she's done one or two characters, or one or two moments, I shouldn't say characters, one or two moments when she was up there, and who she was playing in the scene didn't allow her to take those pauses. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was doing fine, she was doing great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm assuming she probably maybe knows her own strengths. She probably knows the dramatic pauses. So when she's allowed to play that character, even if it's like subconsciously, she doesn't even know she's doing it. Or maybe I think that she sometimes knows. Right. She just, you know what, you know what works, you know? It probably fluctuates. Right. And so I feel like, I mean, she's funny in general. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. The pauses are just so fucking. She always comes back from something. There's never not something there. Right. When she comes back from and when she's not pausing, that's like right there, that's where top of your intelligence comes into play where it's just like it might not be right, but I'm I'm gonna own it as right. Yes. And that can sometimes be what comes off as funny. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. especially if you own something that's completely wrong and you said it this fast, it's just like why yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. It's, like, it's like popping a balloon, you know what I mean? Well, that's what that connects to what we did today because the whole like playing, you know, sort of play a type A, then play a type B personality, you know, upper status, lower status. It's like you could say the most incorrect thing, but if you believe it in that moment, everyone else will just sort of gloss over the fact that what you said is technically wrong, mm-hmm. but your character is so right about it that you're just going with the flow. It's like, yeah, okay. And also what speaks to the pauses is the walk-around time that you were doing at the beginning. You know, you formulate, you're like, okay, I'm going to have swagger, so I'm going to say fucked up shit, and you know what I mean? Right, right, so right. it's like... See, that's... Okay, so that's another thing. I don't know how vulgar we can or cannot be. I think pretty much anything goes as long as it's not defaming or hurting anybody's feelings. Right, okay. You know, because I was going to make a... Uh, Forget what what because I, I hold back too. I, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie, but I know the girls when she was like he was like a life moment, like it was totally gonna be like a period thing or like the first time you had sex. I'm sure it would have gone. At those points, I think though, because we're beginners, I think it's a matter of running out of the genuine thing because it's such a heightened thing already that the subject itself is almost like up there on the heightened scale so it's like ooh you gotta take it from there and now it's like like, oh, you know, and then you have to get creative. It's like, oh, hon, I know that's the first time you murdered somebody. I guess this isn't all your blood. You know what I mean? Like, you have to take it yeah. take it there. And it's just a matter of, like, if you start at a skyscraper, you got to go for the stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was explaining that to a friend of mine. Uh, she's, she's, uh, she's taking acting classes. And so I told her um, that... And I forget exactly what it was, but somebody had done something in uh, the first or, or last week's class in which they started the scene. I felt this. Okay, so there was a girl who started the scene in our class where she was in hell. So she, mm-hmm. so she tells the guy, oh, welcome to hell. And this is a little soup. It was very funny. It was, I loved it. But then I read what I read in the book and then I get what I'm getting off the guy who's teaching us. I'm like, oh, so you're not supposed to start off that big. I mean, like, you can. I mean, but then you have to just, I mean, and, and that scene was cut short. Right. Because it was only meant to be like a very sort of quick one-two. Uh-huh. Kind of like one-twofer. But it's like, and it was working. But it's like, yeah, if you start off that big, you just got to keep fucking going even 
further up. Unless you look at it the way he, because I, I was in that scene. So what he was, was that, saying, no. yeah, 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 really. She's like, that's nice. He's like, oh, I can't wait to be here. That's and right. he's like, oh, I love it. Like it was that, so funny. You should go for like, um, welcome to hell. Like it's either like really crazy or like it's like an like an office job. Like uh, here's the break room with hell. You know, Satan's See, okay. hanging out. So here. that would have worked, right? Had you had she? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Started off with yes, this, it's it's a very mundane place. It's hell, but it's mundane. Mm-hmm. And then I guess. The crazier she could get is by introducing the characters at the end of the skit. She was like, you know, baby Lucifer and mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. guy, that guy. And it's like, yeah, you're right. She should have started off with like, you know, here's your desk, your work area. Here's where we clock in, clock out. Right. You know, right. you, you do your slave labor. And then as you walk across. You know, this so is little devil. Yeah, he's, just, he's just like <laughs> Satan, but he's exactly. not. He's exactly. just he like running around with a chip on his yeah, shoulder. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a little bit angsty. Right. Yeah. There's Jersey devil. You know, like. <laughs> Jersey Devil. Little stick. There's the New Jersey Devil. Nobody talks to him because, you know, attitude all the way. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, like, sort of slide the scale, and that's where, that's where like, the skill comes in because it's like... I heard, He said something in one of the classes. It might have been... I think that was actually the first day. Um, but he said something in one of the classes where he's like, if you start it in a certain way, it's kind of like what we're talking about now... You have to know, you have to really know the subject, or, you know what, it was during one of the initial conversations about doing, like, racist comedy, or, like, yes. or like you know, obese, you know, or, like, things about homosexuals, or whatever. I might have been the first class, you said something. You have to be so good that you have to be able to traverse the area... Not being politically correct, or whatever. Like you can, but you, they have to be intelligent. And in order to do that, you really have to know your stuff and have like have yes. beats already. Like yes. almost know your stand-up self, or like, or like be you know knowledgeable in that area. Like, yes. are, are you an advocate for like homosexual families or whatever? So you yeah, because you can't just like make a knowledge. joke if it's yeah. going to be empty and you sort of don't know where to go, and you come off bad because like right. then you'll have your audience wondering, well. Is he okay with gay people? Right, like, is, is he, he like, like he's like not making fun of them? But I feel like he's yeah. It's like wait a minute. He has okay. I get that he has an affectation, but mm-hmm. is he is he hammering them or is he sort of some, like that's yeah? I totally understand. It's like you have to make it clear mm-hmm. that if you're doing a, a a character or even a caricature, and you want to you know traverse the waters of homosexuality or obesity, it's like don't be a dick about it. Know what you're going to say. Be smart about it. And just don't say, oh, I'm gay, or I'm fat, and this is how fat people walk, right. this is how gay people walk. It's like, well, no, there's a lot more to them than just their physicality. And not only do you have to consistently be able to manage that, but you also have to heighten right, and work off of something that improv new stuff that's right, coming right, right. to you. So see, like, see, for me, today, today's class with the whole, the whole character thing, I was excited because I was like, okay, well, maybe this is an opportunity for just us to be fucking goofy as shit. Um, then as we were going, you know, as the class was going, I was like, well, I don't really know these people. So I don't know what I can sort of get away with. Because for me, it's like, I want to be as fucking loud and boisterous and as blue as I can be. Crap, and not yeah. being blue just because I want to. It's more because that's the kind of humor that I connect to. And I'm not saying like a barrage of fuck yous and fucks and con- I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if you're if you're smart about what you're trying to present to your audience, and you can throw in a couple of words here and there, 
but still be smart about the subject, mm -hmm. I think it's fine. Like, I, I don't subscribe to people who, like, are just like, oh, fuck this bullshit. And, yeah, and like, like Andrew Joyce Play. That's not, you know, that's like, not, I can yeah. listen to it, but it's, like, it's not my cup of tea. I wouldn't be like, I can, well, yes, you yes. know. I can listen to him and be like, okay, I respect his place in the comedy world, but that's just not where I'm going, you know? It's like, I think... Or, like, you know, he owns the misogynistic, homophobic, racist. Yeah, it's like, so someone's, well. already, yeah, someone's yeah. already doing it. Okay. He knows the, the area, the, yeah. It's like, I've never connected to that, but I've connected to people who just throw in language regardless if their material is done. What I will say, though... These are our baby steps that we're taking in this class, so I think even though you are feeling yourself pulled back and that you would like to subscribe to this thing openly, mm -hmm. that you're still going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to find your your pacing, your rhythm, and like where you want to, like how far you want to go with certain things, you know. But at the same time, <clears throat> you shouldn't be afraid to try something because you're going to have to familiar yourself with, familiarize yourself with how it feels to say that thing and feel like yes the, and see who responds to it or who doesn't if the energy gets sucked out of the room you know for instance uh, because that's just a part of exercising a new muscle you know what I mean my, so, uh, my scariest moment today <clears throat> is towards the end when we're doing the uh, one person stands in front and everybody else pops up initiates so I was having a good time with it. I was, you know, I still had my my brain farts. I just couldn't. Some things just couldn't come out. But um, this little sketch where uh, we were doing the Ouija board, mm -hmm. we were humming. So the entire time that class, I was like, I want to do something very specific, but I just couldn't find a way to do it with any other fucking guy. And then this, I, and then this situation presents itself where she starts to sort of chant. And I was like, well, I kind of wanted to do something along the lines of this, and it's never presented itself. Right. Let me do it. But rather than doing what I would have done just last class or two classes ago, I went with it. And I right. was like, you know what? I'm gonna make the noise. I'm gonna start chanting. And I swear to God, to you, Jay, I was about to shit my pants. I was so scared. You were. That I, was awesome. Because I've never done anything like that yeah. in front of anyone in my entire life ever. I was awesome. That and looked was, so natural. I'll tell you that. <laughs> And I was just like, like, you know what? Yeah. Okay, I was like, we're, here, we're, we're huh? doing this, I'm going to do this, and we're going to do the Ouija thing. And <laughs> Didn't really like our cat. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I was like, can we get the dog this time? It's yeah. like the cat. So it's like, that to me was like the most nerve wracking so far. And it's like, well, yeah, it's like, and then now that you're telling me we're doing just baby steps, you just scared me because I'm like, you're right. This is just the beginning. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do any other time, not just in class, but like in general, like in the whole UCB thing. It's like, what else am I going to end up doing? You know what I'll say too? The rule of try to make your partner look, look better, look best, like make them look good. If you relax on um, trying to make jokes and like you almost like in your head give yourself the relief of like let them end the scene yes not think about the end of the scene but like don't think about the end of the scene or how it's gonna end up on a joke or whatever if you literally do that and you're just like helping them be more funny yeah. it actually helps you because then you're more relaxed and you're not trying to like make a punchline or say something for a laugh and like it gets a laugh but it's not like you know um, <clears throat> that helped me today I was literally like thinking to myself like oh she's got this and then I'd be like oh but you know and then I'd come back with something and be like, all right, now let her have it. She's gonna, like, she's. Ah, like, uh, yeah, so it's a classic, like, so give and take. Literally, like, ease yourself by thinking they're gonna finish the scene. You will probably do better because you're just 
you will just naturally yeah, that's a good come way back. To think about it. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like when uh, like that that exercise we did with the you know person in the middle and everyone else comes up, it's like I felt like as the initiator. You have to begin and end it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, man, that's like fucking double responsibility. It's like, I'm trying to figure out how to even initiate this thing. And because I'm coming up, in my mind, I'm like, well, I got to finish and end it. So it's like I played on that level. And, and you like, already yes. got yourself into a tense, yeah. like, shit, where yeah, is so this going to go? I get tight. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? How can I take this? So rather than seeing it here and trying to get it to there, you just, yeah. you don't think of it. You know what I mean? You go, you do it's it. Like I literally put, well, not that I always do this, but I feel like I have to have my two hands on the steering wheel and nobody else can touch it and I was like nah man you have to share the seat yep. you know it's like you have to let the other person put their hand on the wheel too given the pauses and then because here's the whole thing with, with making your partner look good if they're playing the same game of I'm making him look good and you're like no I'm making them look good you like you keep the hot potato of the, of the tension of thinking like oh how's this going to seem and you keep that out of each of your minds you keep it constantly being pushed away and then it just eases everything from there because you're not like shit we have to get to there or we have to get to there it's just like oh we're here yes yes right yeah. and then and, we're and laughing though, though, Joey's I've, laughing. I've had a few of those moments with people and I'm like oh shit we, it's we're, over oh okay wonderful with the seance one the bark B-A-R-K it's like <laughs> bark and it's like oh yes yes it wasn't hilarious it was intelligent it was, it was perfect because it, it, it was just impressive it's like watching magic you're not right. laughing at magic right. You're like Oh man That yeah, was yeah. awesome It's always a good feeling When like Something ends And you have like a Maybe like a Nanosecond Split Delayed reaction We're like Oh shit Well that was awesome You know what I'm saying It's like It's like getting the gratification Just a little bit After it's over That's always I was like Oh my god That was amazing I get it now That's brutal Cause even when she finished it As I was getting up I was like Fuck that was good That was awesome And you were in it <laughs> You made it happen Exactly so it's like I know, I know, I know what she's doing. You brought up the dog, right? Right, right. So you, you know, intentionally yes, was yeah, like, so I gave her that. You take this, and then she's right. like, no. You and then she was this. doing, it and yep. I was like, and again, I was in the moment. I knew exactly what she was doing, but it took me like a nanosecond to be like, oh shit, we're done, and that was amazing. That was awesome. You know, so that was like perfect. So I see what you're saying in there. I guess, I guess, in that moment, I was so into the scene that I wasn't thinking about steering. The whole thing. You were literally chanting and had your head back and your eyes closed. So, which again, I think you've tricked your body into relaxing. I've been in front of crowds before. I've, I've never done that before in front of anybody. So it was literally the scariest moment. <laughs> but I had to do it. I was like, fuck it, man. You know, it's like, I got to take the opportunity that I'm doing this. Like, this is something I've always wanted good. to do. That was one of the better scenes of the day. <laughs> Who else had the. Oh, Sierra, again, of course, with the. We finish each other's sentences. And he didn't finish. <laughs> I just looked at her like priceless. <laughs> that was awesome. That was, that was great. <laughs> I totally put that in the back of my head. Like I'm gonna use that. That was genius. That was very funny. Those girls are so fucking funny, man. They are. They really are. It's like right before this class, I started um, sort of just focusing on like female comedians in general. Um, there's a show I don't know if you've heard of it I just heard of it I don't know how long it's been on I don't know where, I know it's on Fox It's Channel 5 I don't know when they give it It's called Party Over Here It's a sketch show And it's three girls <clears throat> And I'm pretty heard sure of that I've never seen it Oh it's It's the most absurd 
funny, bizarre, random sketch show. It's produced by uh, The Lonely Island and Paul Shear. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that all three girls have UCB backgrounds. I, I'm, I know of one who for sure has one. The other two, I can't imagine that they don't. Because a lot of it is just very similar to what I've read in the book and, you know, just the UCB world. I think you're right, because I think I've heard <clears throat> the actresses on... Podcasts, right? Improv for Humans. Uh, um, oh, you know what? I have, to, I have to find that episode. I heard them on a podcast. Um, it's another improv. It's called... Uh, oh, it's by Lauren Lapkus. You know who she is? Okay. She has a uh, podcast. This evening with Roman Lapkus or something like that? Oh man, what is it? It's she plays the guest every time, right? So fucking funny. So the idea is that she brings on people, and they're the host of whatever they want to make up, and she's always the guest. Yes. And uh, the last episode, or one of the last two, were the girls. with Lauren Lapkus. Yeah. Because she's the yes. guest. With, yeah, and they have a whole theme song. It's very, very funny. Yeah, it's called uh, With Special Guest Lauren Lapkus. That's right. And the girls were... Let's see if I can find them here. Because I, I, if, you, if you heard them, you you know, maybe you'd be into them. They do wild horses. The, um... Or not, not, not who you're talking about, but uh, Lauren Lapkus is in another improv team called Wild Horses. Yeah, who, yeah it's four girls. That's the one. So if uh, Allison Rich, Jessica McKenna, Nicole Byer. That's the episode. Yeah, see, I have, I, I pay for the Earwolf. It's been out for a while, that particular what, episode. Did it say which episode that is? It's, uh... She has another podcast called The Psychic Show. It's nine episodes down. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't number it here, though. It's uh, from the March 25th. March 25th is it. So, yeah, it's a funny episode. It's, uh, I caught their show on Hulu. That's why I watch most of my TV. Okay. I don't have, like, regular cable or whatever. It's you watch like, Margaret? It's streaming. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Margaret. Um, her show is pretty funny. I'll check that out, though. Alice, what did you say her name was? Allison Rich. Allison Rich. Jessica McKenna. Nicole Byer, I think. Really funny girls. Um, it's a half an hour show, sketch show. Nice. Um, and so I got into them, and yeah, I was just like, you know, I, I don't know, I guess it's because I'm a guy. I just figured, well, guy comedians are my thing, or, right. or, or even, not even that, it's just like, you feel like they have a bigger platform, so it's right. always like male comedians and that, I was like, you know, let me see, let me just check out and see what the girls are doing, right. and I just, like, delved into that world, and it's just, I, I like the female perspective, so coming into this class, where it's mostly female, I was like, oh, this is kind of amazing, because I get to see, you know, right. these, these novices, in a way, because, yeah. again, some of them, they, they, something's going on. Uh, you got some experience. Yeah, exactly. I was like, something, oh, shit. You know, yeah. These girls are so funny, so it's kind but of at like... at the same time, with the whole comedian thing, comedy thing, they may be uh, working themselves that much harder, because they know that there's the whole women in comedy mm-hmm. stigma of, like, you know, women aren't funny, or this and that, which isn't true. I, I've heard women comics say it's just that there aren't that many doing it. Yeah. That's, that's just simply the reason. But yeah, I definitely want to. Um, I want to try to work that the, the sketch that we did with the Snapchat thing. I would love that. I've been thinking about it. I think it's a great idea because it's like that's such an open-ended idea because you can put characters like that, sort of like clueless, misogynistic, but like. Weirdly sweet natured, like naive, na- sort of. Yeah. So naive that they're sweet natured, right? But they're just they're assholes. Yeah, <laughs> like they don't get it. They just don't get it. 
You can put them in so many situations in which they're always going to clash with whoever comes across them. Right. Because they're just like, you're not getting what I'm saying, do you? It's like, probably One not. could be constantly convincing the other of something that he's not really exactly sure right. about, but you seem right, though. Or they could each take turns convincing the other of some absurd reality, which can also work great. It's like, all right, well, I guess you've convinced me. Separately, they could be completely hopeless because they don't have the other with them. Right. So they're just crashing. Right. So it's like, just like, it's like perpetuating this weird loneliness. It's like, you're doing amazing. Right. You're doing amazing, too, but they're doing horrible. Horrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But in their world, they're just the best at whatever the fuck they're doing. That's you know it. what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's such a, a great, you know, sort of concept to work with because... Literally, you can just write another character who just completely bumps heads. Or they bump heads with anybody. Right, right, right. Really, you know? Or like uh, the, the third character constantly gets one of them to side with him, and then it, that causes, like, tension. You right, know? right. Or he's like, Someone oh, no. who, like, actually throws in logic. Yeah, I've always thought you were full of shit. You know, Ben's, Ben's, he's so smart. But then, like, in the end, it's like, no, Ben is just a tightwad, you know? Like, a, <laughs> right, a, a straight, straight, like, just straight-laced, like... Right, right. And we're like, very sort of like, fuck that guy, you know? Yeah. That's a fucking clown. What are you talking about? We work with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the great thing is, we came up with that completely organically. He said filing papers. Right. Which I didn't, I've never had a desk job, so I'm like, uh. Oh! I've never had one either, so I'm like. I guess I'll just rummage through these papers <laughs> and pull one out and put it there's, here. There's something. First of all, Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god! So like, I feel my age sometimes. You know, because yeah. when I said the Snapchat thing, I felt like I was somebody's grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's so not my world. I'm like, uh, you ever heard of Snapchat? Right. <laughs>